Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prado. Today I'm exploring the question that I saw was asked, do we forgive people who haven't asked for forgiveness or said, I'm sorry? Now, forgiveness is a Christian activity we should have on our heart and mind often. When Mike Riccardi preached at Grace Community Church recently, he addressed the topic. And later on his Facebook page, he followed up um, and he posted Albert Martin's words. And someone asked him a question that I've been asked, and it was a question I've often wondered myself. Are we supposed to forgive a person who is unrepentant of their sin against you? First, I'll read Albert Martin's words posted from Mike Riccardi and then go on with what Mike Riccardi said about that question. Quote, the one who forgives makes a solemn four-pronged promise. When you say to someone who has asked your forgiveness for a specific sin, I forgive you, you are making this promise. One, I will not knowingly remember this thing against you. Two, I will not speak of this thing to any others. Three, I will not raise it with you again. And four, I will not allow it to be a barrier in the restoration of our relationship. End quote from Albert Martin. Now, as for me, you know, I grew up in an Italian family, and there were certain things I was taught, either implicitly or explicitly. And one of those was that we must hold grudges. If a wrong done to us was bad enough, you turn a grudge into a vendetta. And secondly, the longer you hold a grudge or perpetuate a vendetta, the stronger you looked to others. Now, naturally, in the family, there were arguments and splits and lots of anger. Segments of the family were not talking to others. People were in or they were out. Needless to say, forgiveness offered was fairly unknown. So was seeking it. Needless to say, after I came to Christ, thankfully, I had a hard time understanding the concept of forgiveness. Now, after Mike Riccardi's post had been up for a while, a lady asked this question based on those four points from Albert Martin. Should this be our promise, even if one does not ask for forgiveness? Now, Mike Riccardi answered that in a way I think is very helpful. I've often wondered if someone has wronged me and they haven't asked for forgiveness or said, I'm sorry, should I go to them and say, I forgive you? Or should I privately forgive them in my mind? You know, how do I handle an unrepentant sinner who is still unrepentant? And Mike Riccardi said, quote, otherwise sound Bible teachers disagree on this point, namely, whether mutual forgiveness, you know, sinner to sinner, is to be conditional, as is God's forgiveness of us conditioned upon genuine repentance, or 
if it should be unconditional, unlike God's forgiveness of us. Microcardis continued, I am one who takes the former position that the Bible makes a distinction between the disposition or readiness to forgive, e.g. Psalm 86.5, and forgiveness itself, and instructs us to always cultivate that readiness to forgive, such that there is never any bitterness or vengeance in the heart. And such that the moment that forgiveness is genuinely sought from us, we grant it eagerly from the heart. He said, continuing, but at the same time, I believe the Bible teaches that the actual conferral of forgiveness only happens when an offending party confesses and seeks forgiveness from the offended party. I base that on a couple strands of biblical teaching. One, the distinction between the readiness to forgive and forgiveness as above. Two, the consistent teaching that God's forgiveness to sinners, which is conditioned upon the sinner's confession and repentance, is to be the pattern of our forgiveness of one another not only explicitly in passages like Ephesians 4.32 and Colossians 3.13, but also indicated by the fact that the very same terms are used for God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of one another. If God does not confer forgiveness except upon those who call upon him, but rather stands ready to forgive them, then this ought to be our practice as well. Three, Luke 17, three to four seems to me, Riccardi said, to be the clearest passage in which this topic is dealt with. And Jesus' instruction is explicitly conditional. Be on your guard if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. Well, here, forgiveness is explicitly conditioned upon repentance. I simply cannot square the teaching of unconditional forgiveness with the if-thence conditional statements of this passage. Mike Riccardi continues, but then again, let me repeat. This does not mean I think we should cherish an unforgiving spirit or nurse resentment against someone who has sinned against us, but who hasn't come to seek our forgiveness. Both I and the one who thinks forgiveness is unconditional believe that the Christian's behavior should look exactly the same in this scenario, cultivating a cheerful disposition readiness to forgive, and eliminating any vengefulness or bitterness in their spirit against that other person, behaving happily toward him even before he asks forgiveness. The only difference is in what we call that behavior, readiness to forgive versus forgiveness itself. There's no distinction in any behavior and hope this helps. And 
Riccardi quote. Well, it does help. A biblically-based answer to a Christian life question is always helpful. So, we must have a soft heart and abounding love for others in the faith, always being ready to forgive, but actively conferring it only if the offending partner has sought it. And don't nurse bitterness. I noticed that in my family, while I was growing up, nursing grudges and fanning the flames of anger is a heavy baggage. It's a burdensome load to carry around. If a person who genuinely wronged us seeks forgiveness, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be genuinely forgiving. And once we release that load, how light we feel. How clearly we can see the other person's pain and hurt. We should be empathetic to the person who wronged us because people don't usually hurt out of malice. They're hurting too. Clearing that up with the fragrance of forgiveness heals wounds. But on the other hand, it was good for me to read that we're not doormats, not allowing every kind of behavior and forgiving it whether the person is sorry or not. But I, too, agree that if the person comes to you, you should be ready to forgive. Now, this next part, I have a picture, a visual to aid in this description, which, you know, you can't see. But I accompanied the kindergarten class on a field trip to the fire station a few years ago. Of course, the kids were really excited to see the big shiny trucks and all the gear the firemen explained how they are always ready to race out and fight a fire. They do a lot of work in advance of a potential fire. Firefighters make sure the truck is clean and everything is stored in its place and it's all working. Even their personal gear is ready down to their boots they can hop into so they can race out and do their job immediately. And the picture is of an aisle in the fireman's, the truck bay, with a pair of boots with the overalls around it, ready for the fireman to just jump into the boots and lift up his overalls to be ready to get on the truck. And a Christian should likewise be actively preparing ahead for the moment that we can forgive if the person comes to us. So cultivate a soft heart, be ready to forgive, and don't feel guilty about not conferring forgiveness if they haven't come to you. Your cultivation of forgiveness will then be ready for the next person to come to you if they've wronged you as well. It all kind of makes sense, and it's a relief to know that there are wise men in the faith who flesh through these ideas and social media to present them on for our edification and further meditation. God surely is good. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.